The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Fritz. Lashley, Lashley, Lashley. Much like Zagreus trying to leave the pits of hell in Hades, there is no escape from Bobby Lashley. Welcome everybody to episode 17 or X7, if you will, of the Fretzelmania podcast, Chaos Meets Opportunity. I'm Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast can be heard on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast on all common listening platforms. Today, I will be talking about this week's Monday Night Raw, where we crowned a new WWE Champion. Try to predict AEW Revolution despite not watching very much Dynamite yet at all this year. And talk about Monday Night Raw from March 4th, 2001, where we are on the road to WrestleMania X7. Cute Limp Biscuit, except not yet, because the podcast starts now. Now, I did miss this part of Raw. I got in during the Seamus McIntyre match, but I'm relying here on ProWrestling.net and Jason Powell's review of the show. So thank you, Jason Powell and ProWrestling.net for uh, for the layout here. So we had Drew McIntyre coming out to the ring for a promo saying that it's been a bitch of a month. It started with Seamus stabbing him in the back. He didn't understand why but suggested that the fans watch their match because they would beat the hell out of each other and have an absolute war. McIntyre recalled winning the chamber match and then being attacked by Lashley and The Miz cashing in. That's right, everybody. The Flipping Miz is the WWE Champion. McIntyre then looked at the WrestleMania sign, saying that he has a clear vision of what's going to happen. He would regain his WWE Championship and main event WrestleMania again. He said he'd won the title at the Performance Center last year and defended it week in and week out. And the winner of tonight's title match has the biggest target on their back and then shifted his focus to Sheamus. However, the Miz's music interrupts McIntyre. Miz and Morrison walk out to the ring dressed in suits, all to the nines, really nice looking. And the Miz made Mike Rome give him a proper introduction as the WWE Champion. And Pyro shot off around the stage while Miz held up the title belt. And the Miz said, that's more like it. Okay, that's funny. Still don't like you, Miz, but that's funny. You got the chops. You got the humor. But no. Miz told McIntyre that he handled his business with class and dignity, which a former WWE champion should. McIntyre invited Miz into the ring to give him a big hug. Miz said he knows he's not high on McIntyre's list and that he had to make a deal with Lashley. And now Lashley has a title match. And the Miz questioned why someone like Lashley should get the first title shot rather than someone more deserving such as Drew. 
The Miz suggested that they work together and become Miz, Morrison, and McIntyre. Morrison said they should be called the three M Migos. Jeez, that's Kate. That's good. I was expecting like M M M as uh, you know, Mercury Nitro Molina. Uh, you know, Morrison was in that group. MVP walks up to the stage. He was using a cane because he is injured. And addressed Miz and Morrison, who were at ringside while McIntyre was in the ring. McIntyre recalled telling MVP that he didn't want or need his services. MVP said Lashley would become the WWE champion, and there's nothing the Miz can do to change that. And MVP informed Miz that his title match would begin at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tick tock. Insert the rest of MVP's TikTok, the clock, whatever his entrance team was. I'm coming. MVP heads to the back. Miz told McIntyre that Lashley is a menace. He tried to sell McIntyre on the idea of the two of them meeting at WrestleMania. Sheamus came out and said McIntyre doesn't care about anybody but himself. McIntyre leaves the ring and brawled with Sheamus at ringside. And then we start off the match. And this is just two big beefy dudes slapping meat beating the absolute tar out of each other we saw like a white noise from the top rope the irish curse backbreaker and just man that meat, meat slapping each other here clotheslines suplexes uh the finish of the match here saw sheamus go for the brogue kick but man just like an rko claymore kick out of nowhere into that wicked counter that almost put the phenomenal forearm counter from the Elimination Chamber to shame, but McIntyre just snuck in and got that Claymore kick to score the clean pin. Uh, they had a stare down after the match, so maybe we'll see a little bit more of this at Fastlane. Uh, Nia Jax beat Naomi with a one-armed slam like a Uranagi or a choke slam or something. And that was that. Lana comes out to check on Naomi. Jackson Baszler just stare at her and did nothing, which is good because we wouldn't have the one millionth consecutive table bump for Lana. Ray Ripley is coming soon to Raw and I can't wait. Bobby Lashley and MVP now make their entrance for the championship match. We see our two at the top here. A brief delay. The Miz's theme plays, but he doesn't come out. MVP asks the referee, you know, what's up with that? Camera cuts backstage where Miz is hunched over, claiming he is cramping up. Just Pierce, go let Miz go have a poop and go out. Because sometimes... You're feeling locked up. You're not feeling good. You drop a massive deuce and you're good to go. The Miz just needed 5-10 minutes to drop one. Maybe play a little Fruit Ninja while he's there and get out. Lashley watched the scene play out on the big screen. Left the ring and went and confronted the Miz. And shoved him into the ground and Morrison called for a towel. Because, oh, it's heavily implied that Miz pooed his pants because ah, that's such good shit, pal. Literally. And a word of advice, don't do a Vince McMahon impersonation 
unless you've completely hydrated yourself. Excuse me. Braun Strowman makes his entrance, saying that he would be in action after the break. Tom Phillips said that. We see a new countdown clock graphic was shown for the championship match, which is coming up, I guess, at 10 o'clock in hour two. This is just a great bait and switch to uh, keep us tuning in. Strowman stood in the ring and had a, had a moan about Shane McMahon and Adam Pearce having something against him. The Elimination Chamber sucked without him. Uh, false. Uh, Braun's been in some chamber matches and he's made them entertaining. Like when Elias was the last man out and Braun would just wreck his life. Uh, he spoke about having a tag team match and figured that they were laughing at him. Shane and Pierce came out and apprehensively joined Strowman in the ring. Shane told them to relax. We're getting Shane and Braun at Mania. I can smell it from here. Shane McMahon loves bumping for the big lads. If you don't believe me, keep your ears tuned to the 20 Bell Salute at the end of April for my Backlash 2001 review, Which Way Did He Go? Which Way Did He Go? Shane said they weren't laughing at Strowman. He says Strowman's inability to reach his own goals messed up and left him angry. He's trying to be Dr. Shelby. He's trying to get Strowman in therapy here. Shane said he helps a lot of people, including himself, which is why he's taking MBA courses. And one of those courses is conflict management. Uh, you just need um, Charlie... What's that show? All right, Anger Management with Charlie Sheen or the similarly titled movie with Adam Sandler. <clears throat> so Shane spoke about the subject being over Braun's head and then back down when Strowman started getting aggressive towards him. Hey, Pierce didn't book this match. I did. Shane said Strowman needs to learn how to work with WWE management, forcing him to do so in a tag team title match with Adam Pierce against the Hurt Business. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin come out to face Braun Strowman and Scrap Daddy Iron Pierce for the Raw Tag Titles. And Strowman just beat the bejesus out of everybody here. Charged Alexander. Uh, Strowman went through the ropes into the, into the post. Benjamin hit the running knee, but then eventually Strowman got up, fought him off, hit a running power slam on Benjamin, and... Shane climbed the apron and told Strowman to tag in Pierce, who seemed confused. And Strowman seemed confused and angry, but he complied and let Pierce enter the ring to cover Benjamin, who caught Pierce in an inside cradle for the win. So the Hurt Business retain the tag team titles. Thank God I didn't need another Braun and Nicholas situation here. So, yeah, Braun's a dumbass. He might be dumber than friggin' R-Truth and Matt Riddle, as ProWrestling.net guy here said. Damian Priest and Bad Bunny backstage. Uh, Elias and Jackson Riker showed up. Elias spoke about how his music changes people, and that's a fact. Riker said it inspires people. Elias suggested that they drop a single together and turn the music industry upside down, except that would be one of the worst singles of all time because Bad Bunny is some of the worst crap I've heard in my entire life. No offense to Bad Bunny fans, uh, he's not my cup of tea. So that's a no right there. And even Bad Bunny himself said no. And, and by the way, Elias's EP is 
better than anything Bad Bunny ever made. And I just pissed off 90% of my audience, and I'm not sorry. Damian Priest uh, squashes Elias next with the uh, with the lights. Hit the lights, they call it now. The, the formerly known as The Reckoning, The Crossroads. Uh, this match was a little too long, but whatever. And then we see Alexa Bliss shown on the screen laughing while sitting in the middle of a pentagram with a jack-in-the-box toy as... Randy Orton is being interviewed by Kayla Braxton. And we see, uh, yeah, Alexa Bliss still doing that thing. The screen went dark and saw a hooded figure walking into the picture. I'm thinking, are we going to already see the fiend? The hood, the hooded figure was Orton himself and said that Randy would come face to face with everything he's ever done. The screen Orton laughed and then regular Orton started choking. Were we going to see more Viper Venom again? We'll just have to wait and see. I hope we don't see The Fiend until maybe WrestleMania itself. It would really keep the intrigue for their feud. I mean, I know they're going to show him at, geez, maybe even Fastlane, but... All this B-level horror movie stuff is making the feud more entertaining, at least in my mind. Miz and Morrison make their entrance for their championship match. And here we go. The top of the final hour. The Miz versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. The bell rang and the Miz immediately left the ring, ran up the ramp, and got counted out. That was pointless. That was stupid. That was funny. But, nah. Lashley and MVP were pissed. They head up the ramp, going into another break. I mean, it fit Miz's character, but this was just another bait and switch. Keep us tuned in. Hey, we're going to deliver on this promise. We're going to deliver. Just wait and see. Backstage, Shane McMahon says that what The Miz did isn't happening on his watch. He said that they would have a championship match tonight. MVP said, unedited by the way, at least it was unedited for me on Sportsnet, that this was bullshit. Shane said that he would consider stripping The Miz of the title and giving it to Lashley. <laughs> yes, please. But Shane emphasized that he would consider it. Lashley said he would like it better if Shane found The Miz so he could beat the piss out of him. Uh, it looks like Lashley is more concerned with beating up The Miz than winning the championship. But that's because Miz has, you know, chickened out the last few times. Charlotte Flair comes into the ring to uh, hit an in-ring promo. Said the last few weeks have been an emotional roller coaster, saying that she came back from an injury and wanted to be Asuka's tag team partner and didn't want to be in the title picture because Asuka busted her ass and Charlotte just wanted to be her partner. Flair got caught up in the Lacey Evans drama, saying that her father told her father to go home last week and so he went home. And now Lacey, of course, is dealing with her pregnancy. Flair said that they are six weeks away from WrestleMania. Bianca Belair will be challenging Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Championship. And now is wondering who will challenge Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. And then she said she wants to face Asuka at Mania. But now Asuka is home injured. And Shayna Baszler kicked Asuka in the mouth. Resulting in a tooth flying out in a... Rather gruesome spot. 
and Flair spoke about Asuka being a fighting champion and, and saying that she would be challenging her once she returns. Now, I am 100% behind this match if they're going to do some serious long-term booking and go back to the time Charlotte broke Asuka's undefeated streak and defeated her for the title at, was it, 33-34? Uh, I would one I would I would love that if they brought that back into it and Oscar actually gets her WrestleMania win back, that'd be great. Uh, okay, here comes Nia Jax saying it's a shame Charlotte sent her father home because the entire locker room wishes that she would have sent her hel- herself home. No one likes you, said Nia Jax. Uh, that's pretty ironic coming from someone that no one likes. She added that the power has shifted and it'll be Baszler or more likely me challenging for the title. Once Oscar returns, Flair laughed. Jack said that Prunky Punky Brewster won't be asking for any more appearances by the time Baszler is finished with her. I'm guessing that Charlotte Flair was a special guest star on the Punky Brewster reboot, which I haven't bothered with because, you know, I'm I'm old. I remember Punky Brewster as a kid. I didn't care enough about the show to care enough about what this reboot is now. No thanks. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Shayna Baszler. And Charlotte Flair beat her clean. You know, uh, Baszler goes for the cure for to clutch, but Flair escapes it and hits the natural selection. A move I haven't seen that often, but it pins Baszler clean in the middle of the ring. Now this is a WrestleMania-worthy match that they just gave to us on TV joined in progress and it was just man Shayna Baszler has not had a good time on the main roster and the natural selection is a glorified snapmare like no thanks Riddle Lance Dorado and Grand Metalik versus T-Bar Mason Slapjack of uh, Retribution with Mustafa Ali and Reckoning only Riddle's entrance here was televised, uh, and T-Bar performed a chokeslam backbreaker on Riddle for a two-count. The babyfaces came back and won after Metalik hit the uh, tightrope splash, or splash from Dorado's shoulders on Slapjack and pinned him. Ali threw his weekly hissy fit here, called for Riddle to stick around so that he could show his troops how it's done. So next we have a non-title match between Matt Riddle and Mustafa Ali. Riddle caught Ali in a nice mid-air guillotine, which Ali escaped. Riddle hit the Pele kick and started working over Ali. Riddle hits the Broton and threw a kick then covered Ali for a two-count. Riddle then hit the ripcord knee. The bro- is that the Brodus? No, the Brodus Sleep is the GTS. Uh, Slapjack climbed the apron to distract Riddle from going for... The floating bro. Slapjack distracted the referee and Maze would then distract Riddle. Ali hit Riddle from behind and then performed like a really, really dodgy looking move here. It kind of looked like a either a backstabber from the ropes or a reverse face crusher from the ropes. It was really dodgy, but it was enough to score the pin and Ali yelled at his minions to follow his lead now if this leads to mustafa being a united states champion i am behind that and then we get a kofi mania match between him and kofi for that title 
Kingston gets his gets his win back and gets the U.S. title for the what seventh or eighth time in his career, I'd be alright with that. It gets it gets Mustafa a title, which I've been clamoring for for years. Please, and and even he tweeted out, "Imagine if someone named Mustafa Ali is United States champion," implying the you know veiled racism towards people of uh, people of his ilk we see in the states it's in canada too i mean we're not angels unfortunately it's kind of disgusting <clears throat> anyways here the miz versus bobby lashley finally finally at the end of the show for the title miz tried to hit lashley with the belt to get himself disqualified but Lashley blocked it. Oh, this, of course, was booked as a Lumberjack match. So the entire Raw roster, including people I haven't seen in months, like Humberto Carrillo and Drew Gulak, were all here. People get thrown out to the ring. Like, The Miz gets thrown out, and everybody just hoys him back in. Lashley roughs up The Miz. And then, you know, Retribution throw him back in the ring. Shelton Benjamin tosses Miz back in the ring. Lashley hits the flatliner, presses Miz over his head and tossed him on some of the lumberjacks who just hoy him back into the ring. One-armed spinebuster, hurt lock, and new WWE champion Bobby Lashley. After 16 years in the business, roughly, he finally gets that world title that has been eluding him for so long. Yes, Lashley is a former ECW champion, but that doesn't count. He's a former United States champion. I think two or three or four times by this by this count. It doesn't count. Yes, Impact as well, but this, the WWE Championship, the second African American to win that title, by the way. Finally. And I think they really needed to go for a title change here. And, man, are we getting Lashley and McIntyre? Could we see Lashley and Brock Lesnar? Ooh, there is so much intrigue here with Lashley as champion. And once again, the Hurt Business is draped in gold. Just get MVP to maybe schoolboy Bad Bunny, and he can have the 24-7 title forever and get that title off of that stupid rapper. AEW Revolution. Another Sunday night, another wrestling pay-per-view. And I thought I, ha I had a nice break from it last week where I could play Hades on the Nintendo Switch and finally beat it after 29 escape attempts. Oh, actually, more like 30. Now, this takes place uh, on Sunday, the 7th of March from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. It is headlined by John Moxley versus Kenny Omega in an exploding barbed wire death match. Now, this is going to be absolutely insane. Uh, this is absolutely going to get Kenny Omega even more over as a heel. The one thing we're just going to wonder here is whether Omega will find a way to steal another win. This match promises a level of violence and brutality we have not yet seen from AEW, even though these two had their unsanctioned match at a previous pay-per-view. It wasn't 
it wasn't a revolution. It was like a all out, all in. It, it was one of those. And it was unsanctioned. It was after the pay-per-view was already over. And it was violent, bloody, and brutal. I think Kenny Omega is going to retain here. Uh, John Moxley is going to go away for a little while because he's going to be, you know, welcome welcoming a child into the world with his wife Renee. So that will write off write him off of TV for for some time. Kenny Omega retains. Maybe we'll get a little bit more of Bullet Club shenanigans here. Street fight between Sting and Darby Allen versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Yes. Sting is going to be wrestling a match in 2021. Uh, okay. I mean, Bill Goldberg wrestled a match in 2021, so why not Sting? Yet Sting, unfortunately, had his career abruptly ended in 2015 in a match with Seth Rollins. And no, I'm not going to play the blame game here because accidents happened in the ring. And Sting, he took a powerbomb from Brian Cage on Dynamite a week or two ago and you know for a second there I cringed because of basically how his career ended and seeing that maybe Sting has been going to the edge kind of school of neck treatment so I'll power to him I don't expect him to be very physical in this match I know Sting probably wants to retire on his own terms I respect the hell out of that yes he is 62 years old but lest us forget that, you know, guys like Luthez wrestled matches in their 70s. So, here we go. Yeah, Sting and Darby Allen are going to win this match and get a measure of revenge on Team Taz that Darby has been seeking for a long time. And by the way, that zipline skateboard spot was absolutely gorgeous. Tag Team Championship match between the Young Bucks and Chris Jericho and, and MJF. The Remnants of the inner circle. Uh, Sammy Guevara has left this group. I expect him to get involved in this match and cost Jericho and, and MJF with Wardlow the titles here. And maybe this also gets a little bit of dissension between Jericho and MJF leading to their eventual blow-off match, which I think could happen as soon as All Out. The Women's Championship match, Hikaru Shida, who is still the champion is going to be defending against the winner of the Women's World Eliminator Championship. I haven't seen a frame of this. Like, I know there's an internet favorite named Maki Ito. I followed on Twitter because once I saw that she was the queen of love and piss, <laughs> I, was, I was hooked. Unfortunately, she lost in the first round to Ryo Mizunami, but still, this is someone I want to see a little bit more of. I don't even know the brackets... I, there, actually, there's brackets here in front of me. I'm just going to throw a hat, flip a coin, and say that Thunder Rosa is going to win this tournament and defeat Sheeta for the title. There is a Money in the Bank ladder match for a future TNT Championship opportunity or a Face of the Revolution ladder match. That is very wordy. So far announced for this match is Cody Rhodes, Lance Archer, Pentagon, and Scorpio Sky. Again, another flip of the coin. I think Archer could get his way back into championship contention here and win this match. That's what I'm going to say. It's going to be Lance Archer. Uh, next up here, we have Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy versus 
Miro, and Kip Sabian. Uh, where's Trent Beretta? Is he injured? As I get again, I've watched very little Dynamite lately because, quite frankly, Wednesday nights, I'm more invested in NXT. I like AEW. I mean, I don't hate it. I'm going to watch this pay-per-view at some point. Maybe not live Sunday, but somewhere throughout of next week, depending on my work schedule. So you might hear my thoughts about this card next week. Uh, Chuck Taylor and Kip Sabian have been in a living hell since Miro came into the picture here. And there was something to do with a wedding at Beach Break. Again, another another show I didn't watch. And, you know, there's been a more angry and ruthless side out of Miro lately. The channeling back to his early days as, you know, Rusev Frutria, Rusev Machka. So I, I expect Miro to just plow through these guys. You know, Cassidy is going to sell his ass off for Rusev. I can't see... I can't wait to see how he's going to deal with uh, with Rusev here. Big money match between Big Money Matt Hardy and Adam Page. Hangman Adam Page. Uh, I didn't even know these two were feuding, if I can be honest with you. I thought that Page was going to be recruited by the Dark Order. That's the last time I really paid close attention to AEW. Uh, Hangman Page is going to win this match, and eventually I think he'll get into a feud with Kenny Omega for the world title. Casino Tag Team Royale for a future AEW Tag Team Championship match here. Another number one contenders thing here. We have, you know, it's it's the same as the Casino Battle Royal. One, an order of entry is selected by lottery. Two teams will start every 90 seconds. It's a Royal Rumble. So, so far we have Private Party, Bear Country, Silver and Reynolds, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Uh, we have uh, Butcher and the Blade, Proud and Powerful. And I think there's probably at least one or two mystery teams here. I think this is where you can bring in, you know, oh yeah, they're going to bring in yet another former tag team here with AOP or The Ascension. I will say it it's one of them, or geez, even if they can bring out the Rock and Roll Express, that would be really cool. But I think at least one variation of the Dark Order is going in this match. Maybe Silver and Reynolds, I'll just say, just because of how entertaining they have been, you know, in the absence of the late John Huber. May he rest in peace. And that's it for this half of the podcast. I've been going on for over half an hour. I have overstayed my welcome talking about this stuff. When I come back, Monday Night Raw from March 4th, 2000 and one and welcome back to the fretzelmania podcast chaos meets opportunity and this segment is brought to you by our patreon patreon.com slash wrestle addict radio gets you exclusive shows such as the secret files the mr y l p and the 20 bell salute by me my 20 year look back on pop culture and wrestling this past week i released my review of No Way Out 2001, which also included me talking about movies like Hannibal and Saving Silverman, and The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Seasons for the Game Boy Color. So if you want to hear me nerd out about The Legend of Zelda, and listen to the rest of us nerd out about professional wrestling, 
go to patreon.com slash radio, five bucks a month, and it gets you exclusive access to that. 15% off of our merch on Teespring, which I believe is now just called Spring, and a group chat, which gives you access to all of us here on the network. Now, it is now time to talk about Raw. Oh, but first... I realized lately that during my Raw reviews here, I have been forgetting to cover Nitro. Because at least for three more weeks, Monday Nitro is still a thing. I'm not going to get you caught up on all the happenings in recent Nitro episodes, but I will give you March 5th, 2001 from Greenville, South Carolina. Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo defeated Air Paris and AJ Styles in a Cruiserweight Championship Cruiserweight Tag Team Championship quarterfinal match. Sean O'Hare defeated Lex Luger. That the road, baby. He defeated a double J Jeff Jera in less than a minute. Chavo Guerrero Jr. defeated Shane Helms. Hugh Morris defeated Mike Awesome. And in the main event, Booker T and DDP defeated the Steiner Brothers. Uh, the next episode here, I'm just going to look ahead to March 12th Nitro because that is one of the last ones, if not the second to last one before Vince McMahon would own his own competition. Now, on the raw side of things, from Washington, D.C., the MCI Center, the former, is it still the home of the Washington Capitals? I wonder, maybe the MCI Center has changed names. We only see JR on screen here because, well, the king here, Jerry Lawler, was notable by his absence. And camera pans over, and it's Paul Heyman making his WWE debut. ECW has just closed its doors, and Vince McMahon hired him to be a commentator and an on-screen personality. You know, McMahon and Heyman have a business relationship dating back to, heck, the mid-90s, where members of the WWE would invade ECW, and ECW would, you know, return the favor. You know, Jerry Lawler going there and saying that, you know, this place is made of toilet paper because it's full of shit. And that kind of thing. So Paul Heyman says, Last Tuesday, the cat was released from her WWE contract. And to his credit, Jerry the King Lawler left alongside her too. Where there was chaos, there was opportunity. And just like TNN kicked off ECW, I am here. Do, 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 do. Paul E. Heyman. And the E is for extreme. Hmm. And don't do a Paul Heyman impersonation, a bad one, mind you, when you're not fully hydrated. Excuse me again. A little H2O. I am almost out in my little jug here. Triple H and Steph come out to the ring to cut a long-winded, I deserve the championship promo, blah, blah, blah. I've beaten The Rock in Austin, blah, blah, blah. 
calls out Stone Cold Steve Austin to take him out of the main event of WrestleMania. Glass shatters, but Angle jumps Austin. We have a two-on-one, but then The Rock runs to the ring to even the odds. After the break here, Kurt Angle is pissed, and he wants The Rock in a match tonight. And William Regal, who has been kind of hanging around Vince McMahon a little bit to um, sit under the learning tree, if you will, for Vince. He's not the commissioner yet, although after the episode of SmackDown that follows this, he will be. And William Regal says, you know, I just came from McMahon's office and I'm booking a tag match with you and Triple H versus Stone Cold and The Rock. Then we see Scotty Too Hotty and Grandmaster Sexay come out dancing to the ring to have a match with, I believe it was X-Factor. But no, Kurt Angle just goes off and beats the snot out of both Too Cool and locks in the ankle lock on Scotty Too Hotty and t- literally almost twists the ankle <laughs> like right off like an action figure. And camera pans and you see the ankle is just turned a certain way i think they you know turned his boot like that they loosened up his boot so it would look really gross hopefully they weren't trying to replicate what happened to sid vicious at wcw sin because that was disgusting and that is a sell by scotty too hotty and he's out of action for i think a couple of months he's out by the time he comes back uh, Grandmaster Sexay would have been fired from his WWE contract and would be tagging with Albert. The Radicals backstage squabble over who has the title shot. You deserve it. No, you deserve it. No, you deserve it. Benoit is walking to the ring here to do commentary for an Intercontinental Championship match between Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho. Monday Nitro strikes again. Get in. Anytime you get a combination of, heck, Y2J with any member of the Radicals. Like, his feud with Saturn was entertaining. His feud with Dean Malenko was some of the best in the history of WCW's undercard. His feud with Benoit and, spoiler alert, his tag team with Chris Benoit is some of the best stuff of the Attitude Era as well. And Eddie. I'm pretty sure these two have faced each other for the U.S. title and the Cruiserweight title over the years. Thinking, man, Benoit and Eddie at Mania, that would be something. And Benoit is mostly quiet on commentary, and JR is trying to get inquisitive here. He's trying to get a word in edgewise on Benoit, and he would say, like, something, 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 Eddie, something, something, something. I know. And that's that's all you'd get out of him. Eddie sucks chance popping out because Eddie is a great heel. Eddie locks in the gory special. I thought for a second he was going to land a vertebraker, which is a very dangerous move. And Chris Jericho reverses into a gory special of his own. But Eddie would sit up on Jericho's shoulders, a la Dooms the Vice, to maybe go for an Oklahoma roll and go like, hey, and then get dropped backwards into the electric chair. Bunch of flying forearms by Chris Jericho. There's a lot of chops. Face buster. The lion salt misses. Eddie goes for a cradle. Nope. Ref bump. Fog splat. Frog splash. Nope. And then Chris Benoit leaves commentary. Jumps up to the top rope. 
and we're thinking, okay, Eddie and Jericho are very close to each other. He's about to hit Air Canada on Jericho, but swerve, bro. He headbutts Eddie. The radicals explode. Insert jazz music from WrestleMania 5 here. Y2J wins, retains the title, and this is a little bit of foreshadowing with Chris Benoit. Maybe. And Benoit is walking up the ramp. The rest of the Radicals are like, what the hell, bro? And he leaves them. The Radicals are done. You know, a big full circle moment. Nate, take a shot here. You know, just this past week on NXT, we saw, which is, it's official now. Like, Undisputed Era is done. I mean, Adam Cole has beat up both Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy. And Bobby Fish is sitting at home with his injured tricep, going like, what the hell, bro? Backstage, Team Extreme are having a chat here, and uh, Lita has a women's championship match with Ivory. The Hardy Boys have to prepare to defend the tag team titles here, but first, Matt's like, oh, come on, come out to the ring with with me for Lita's match, bro. It's okay. It's blah, 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 blah. Mm, Dissension, maybe. Al Snow is campaigning for Commissioner, and he says that small people, I'm not using the M word, equal ratings and i see someone who could pass off as a young horn swoggle but at this time swoggle would have been 14 or 15 years old because he is two years younger than i am so it wasn't him but there's a one fellow with long hair that looked like he could definitely pass off as him and then he gets a chant going hey hey like hi hi ho ho no hi ho hi ho we want commissioner snow that is way better than that Hey ho, hey ho, John Morrison and Miz crap. <laughs> and then WWF The Music Volume 5 here is number two on the billboards. Ah oh, man, just like, you know, Oates, Garfunkel, and Lisa with their hit, Born to Runner Up. Boo! Why don't they come to our concert just to boo us? <laughs> yes, I'm full of Simpsons references, folks, in case you can't tell. Um, Ivory versus Lita for the women's title is up here. Lita. Jumps to the outside onto Ivory. I thought this was going to be a miss and a count out. Hardy's and RTC have a scrap at ringside. And Jeff is going for that tightrope walk diving clothesline onto RTC. But they they move. He accidentally takes out Lita with that spot. Dissension in the ring here. And then Ivory pulls Lita into the ring. Hits the rude awakening and retains her title. Dissension. Smellness. Angle with Kevin Kelly. It's like, you know, why did you do that to Scotty Too Hot? You might have broken his ankle. It's like, oh no, it's not if I did. I did break his ankle because I heard a snap. And this sends a message to everyone. I am tired of being WWE's whipping boy. We are seeing the emergence here of killer Kurt Angle. And I'm all for it. Brothers of Destruction versus Haku and Rikishi, the team I dubbed Hakushi. Because I'm not funny. And there's a sign here that said, <laughs> Kane is able, A-B-L-E. Ha, nice wordplay. Theology joke, Bible joke. I appreciate that. We have a big brawl on the ringside to start. And then throughout the match here, it's big back and forth. Uh, Kane is getting all the spots here. Uh, Kane lariats Rikishi, who does that amazing 360-degree bump, which... I want to know how that big man does it because at 400 and some odd pounds to do a 360 flip in midair like that from a freaking clothesline. Like he did, he bumped like that for Scott Steiner when he was in the head shrinkers. That is impressive. 
Trish arrives here in her car, not in a limo, not in a nice car, but in a rental, probably like a Ford Focus or something like that, and says to Coach, I have something to get off my chest, phrasing in the ring. And Paul Heyman says that next to Rikishi, Trish has got the best ass in the WWE. Oh, honey. And then she asks Vince to the ring here. And uh, Paul Heyman, like, he, he is being, like, the, all the good self-aware jokes here. It's like, hey, JR, is this where you say business is about to pick up? And then Trish has two words for Vince McMahon. So, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's five. I'll do anything to get you back. I doubt you're sorry. Why? Is it because you're not wearing a mink coat? You don't have any diamonds? You didn't come here in a limo? How sorry are you? Sorry as my comatose wife? Prove it. In this very ring. Win back my loyalty. Get on your hands and knees. Oh no, this is the one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, jeez. This does not age well. Like, I skipped... It got to a certain point here where I skipped it. Um, this is the spot where Vince McMahon makes Trish go on her hands or knees and bark like a dog and apologize. Like, I'm Rory! Like, not, not you, Scooby. And you disgust me! I've seen you on all fours before! And uh, I'm like, okay, that's it. It's like, take off your shirt! Take it off! And just berating the crap out of her. It's just making you hate Vince so much more. And now, retrospectively, looking at WrestleMania X7, the match with Shane, when everybody from Trish to Linda got a measure of revenge on Vince for the shit he's put them through, it just makes you want to see get the comeuppance so, so much more. And by the time he was like, take it off, I skipped to the next match. I couldn't. That is just... Ugh. And the the worst thing about it is, on SmackDown, the following night, she takes him back. You're toxic, I'm slipping under. Yeah, that's toxic. Toxicity. Wake up, something, 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 make up, system of a down. Yeah, system of a down, Britney Spears, all the references are here. This does not age well. This was terrible. Terrible. Like... Yeah, sexist, chauvinistic, and just, just gross. And of course, all the dudes in the audience like, wait, take it off. I was young. I was 17 when this show aired. So I would have been in the wait, take it off crowd. But now, no, uh-uh, just... Okay, next, I'm just moving on. Hardys and Dudley Boys for the Tag Team Championship. That is much better. And Monday Night Raw is brought to you by Stacker 2, the new Ico Pro. WWF The Music Volume 5 featuring Pie and Skittles. Taste the rainbow. Do not look up the band Skittles commercial. If you know what I'm talking about, you know. We want tables chance right away. Fickle. Fickle as Daniel Bryan would say, who was in the Texas Wrestling Academy at the time training under Shawn Michaels. I believe Bryan would have been having dark matches in the WWE with Bryan Kendrick by now. 
And that's my last little bit of water there. Now Jeff goes to the rope here for like a top rope maneuver. Matt gets Iris whipped into the rope beside him and gets crotched. A little bit more dissension here, Tease. And then we see a swanton miss, a was up. And Matt is unknowingly, unwittingly distracting the referee. And, you know, Devon, what? Get the tables. And then we see at ringside, Christian hits a chair on Devon Dudley while Devon is going for the table here. Devon's back in the ring. Twist of fate and new tag team champions, the Hardy Boys. Well, damn, you caught me by surprise. And oh, we're on the road to TLC2, quite possibly my favorite match ever. And Regal and Vince are backstage and Regal is calling Trish a buxom wench. And uh, Alan, the small guy, has come in here to campaign for a commissioner. And then he's like, okay, how about I book you in a hardcore title match with Al, with the big show? And I'll, you know, I'll consider it. And Trish and Steph, you know, Trish is doing anything to win back Vince McMahon's affection. Including basically being a slave. Like, you know, oh, it's good that you know your place as... The most dominant female in the company is me. And it's like, I want a coffee, but not a coffee you can get at an arena. Makes her go across town to get a venti skin skim latte with extra foam. Ugh. Okay, you ever been in line at a coffee shop and you just want to get your black dark roast coffee and maybe a cookie and everyone ahead of you is getting venti foam blah 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 whatever i like a london fog but uh once in a while i just want a regular ass coffee and you know back and we see uh king no jr and Heyman on the camera here jerry lawler at jerry chance and christian calls 1-800-c-a-l-l-a-t-t if that wasn't a product placement i don't know what is to call edge and the operation get you and see the titles back is in is in progress. And you know if he was there, they'd have done like the Wayne's World. No, not the Wayne's World. The friggin' uh, uh, what's that other that other movie? Bill and Ted, like the just the absolute twats these two guys are. And uh, another uh, knock on the door to Vince McMahon's office, and it's Deborah, and of course. Uh, they are staring at what is staring at the camera here. Her bust is just popping out here and her having the legs. She could have had the Stacy Kleber legs gimmick if she was like a foot taller. She got legs! Anyways, uh, Deborah is here to resign as Lieutenant Commissioner. And who else forgot that Deborah was L Lieutenant Commissioner under... Mick Foley because she had been seen on TV in several months. I think almost a year at this point in time. And she's like, you know, I want to resign as Lieutenant Commissioner because, you know, Mick Foley and uh, I want to manage. It's like, you're married to, like, not many people know this, but you're married to Steve Austin. And she's 
adamant that Steve was okay with it. They didn't have a talk beforehand. Um, yeah, it, it, blah, blah, blah. I want to manage. Then she leaves. And Vince just nuts to Regal. She's hot. So husband and wife, Steve Austin and Deborah here, have a chat. And it's like, can we please talk later about this? I have a match. Uh, yeah, whatever. Okay. Big Show and Al Snow here for the hardcore title. And Al Snow tries to play hide-and-seek here and try and gain the upper hand on the Big Show. But the Big Show is a seven-foot giant. I've met him. He's massive. So he grabs a kendo stick and hides. But no. And Big Show comes out wearing the hardcore title on his arm as a freaking, like, bicep brace. That's how big this fella is. And goes for the kendo stick. Show catches it, just just snaps it in half. Bunch of weapons in the ring here. We see a spot where Big Show punches the chair into Al Snow's face, just making a loud smash. Uh, chair. Uh, Al Snow gets a chair, and Al Snow has, like, I know, Big Show has the stairs. Chair to the stairs. Two count for the Big Show. Al Snow is setting up a chair stack, and Murphy's Law, whoever sets it up, Gets put through it. Just ask ask Kevin Owens in his castle of chairs he went through in a match with Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble a few years ago. And yes, Al Snow gets press slammed into it, Ultimate Warrior style. Just, just plows him. He hits the final cut, his new finisher at the time, aka the Eye of the Hurricane, and retains the title here. Deborah and Vince, you know, are you in? Blah, blah, blah. Kurt Angle and Triple H versus Steve Austin and The Rock with his new manager, Deborah. Deborah is now managing The Rock. It's like, the wife of Stone Cold Steve Austin is managing his opponent at WrestleMania. And right away, Austin makes a beeline defense in the ring. Like, what the hell do you think you're doing? Gets jumped from behind. And this match is just four of the top names in the company going at it, going hell, hell for leather, just beating the piss out of each other. Rock bottom on angle. Triple H denies the three count here. And eventually Steve Austin hits the stunner on angle and Deborah unwittingly distracts the referee. The Rock is the legal man, pins Kurt Angle. They win the tag team match. There's a bit of tension here. You know, Austin and The Rock are two of the top baby faces in the company. So how are you going to tease tension? How are you going to build a WrestleMania match surrounded around the two top baby faces in not only in company, but in the wrestling world? WCW is two weeks away from closing its doors. And there is a review of the simulcast Raw Nitro with me and Nate on the archives. I will be going over that raw and just skimming over that the Nitro side of things because you've already heard it on here if you're longtime listeners of Wrestle Addict Radio. And if you are, thank you. And I almost forgot here my game changer of the week. I would give it to Bobby Lashley, but there is a certain former friend of Lashley who made a deal on Twitter last night. And that is his former running buddy Leo Rush said, if Bobby wins, I'm going to chant Lashley like I used to. La- La- 
Love that Leo Rush. Such an annoying little twerp at the time, but oh man, I kind of miss him. So congratulations, Leo Rush, for being my game changer of the week. That has been it for this edition of the Fretzelmania podcast. Be sure to listen to the rest of us on Wrestle Addict Radio, the Kings of the Rings podcast, who are now going to be broadcasting live on Twitch Tuesday nights. So it is, hey, time of recording. It's tonight. After work, I'll probably have to tune in and crash a live stream. You know, <laughs> kind of like old times. Seems like just yesterday they were sharing one mic in Terrashuck Towers doing their live streams where I would often crash them where hashtag Mr. Fretz <laughs> was born. And yes, next week I'll be hopefully maybe talking about AEW Revolution. That is if I get to watch it and just the shenanigans in the WWE. And I've looked ahead to Monday Night Raw for March, I think it's the 12th, 2001. You got Taker and Big Show in a match. That is something to look forward to. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Keep wrestling real. Be safe. And have fun. Cheers.